Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hello and welcome to Breaking Down Bad Books, a podcast analysing trashy bestsellers from a literary perspective. And today we're looking at chapter 5 of 365 Days. So where we left off, she like sort of seduced him in her little red lingerie matching stiletto set. But then she had too many wines and she immediately regretted seducing him because he got really rough and she started crying and so she went to bed. And so we start this chapter with her saying, when I woke up, it was already bright outside. So she woke up and it was sunny. Like that's not really a point of difference, but thank you for letting us know. And she says she felt someone's hand lying heavy on her waist and it was Massimo sleeping next to her. And she just watches him sleeping and she thinks, God, he's so hot. And she licks her lips and like inhales the scent of his skin. And I'm thinking, yeah, okay, he's hot. Thank you for the big, long paragraph describing his muscles and how he looks while sleeping. But what the fuck's he doing in your bed? Last I heard, you ran away from him and you were exhausted and you immediately fell asleep. But now he's in your bed. So she gets up to go to the bathroom and on her way, she stops and looks at herself in the mirror and grimaces because yesterday's makeup was smudged all over my face, resembling Zorro's mask. <laughs> so then she takes her clothes off and she goes into the enormous shower. Remember, because the shower's really big. And so she's naked, she's getting in the shower, she's putting some bath gel in her hand and then she hears the door slam and it's the man in black and he's standing there oogling her, not even trying to act cool, she says. And he says, good morning, baby girl, may I join you? And she says, at first, all I wanted was to rush at him, pummel him with my fists for what would have been the thousandth time and throw him out. And as far as I recall, she's only ever hit him like the once. Remember, and he was like, if you ever hit me again, then you won't know what's coming to you. But apparently she's hit him a thousand times. Well, she's hit him 999 times, and this is the thousandth time. So I'm thinking like, didn't know he went to sleep with her, but now she's waking up with him in her bed and she's hit him for a thousandth time. I was thinking, have we had a time jump? Have we had an unexpected time jump in the book? We might be on like the 308th day or something. I don't know, but let's put a pin in that. Wait, no, take the pin out. She says, (laughs) my experience of the last couple of days told me that blah, blah, blah. So no, it's just been a couple of days. Don't know how he snuck into bed last night. Don't know what happened there. Uh, Don't know how she didn't notice or wake up in the middle of the night. 
Don't know what he got out of just sleeping next to a drunk girl in bed. I mean, he he is a creep, so I can't really speak for him. But it's all very weird, isn't it? Anyway, she was calling him on it. She's like, well, come in and join me then. And he's like, what? Like he does a little double take. She says she'd thrown him off balance. And her reasoning basically is, I can't change the fact that he's just seen me naked, but I may as well take the chance to see him without his clothes on too. So then Massimo approaches the expansive shower. Like how many different ways this chapter do you think she's going to describe the shower as being big? So the shower's expansive and he takes his shirt off and she's there staring at him. She says her eyes didn't leave the man in black, even though at this point he's the man in nude. And before he takes his pants off, he warns her that, you know, he's going to have a morning erection. And her heart skips a beat because his words made her wet instantly and she was thankful that she was under the shower. It's all very TMI. And she thinks like, when's the last time I had sex? Because she can't remember. And she says it feels like it's been weeks since she's been pleasured by anyone except for herself. And she had just menstruated. So the hormones skyrocketed her libido. (sighs) So then Massimo enters the enormous cubicle. (laughs) And turns on the second shower head because this enormous shower has four shower heads and a huge water jet panel. It just sounds lovely. And he's like, oh, we're going to leave today. We're going away for a couple of days. Domenico will sort you out. And she's like, yeah, I'm not really listening. I'm just trying to not look at your dick. But she says in the end, my curiosity won. And she turns around and she stares at him. And the view was overwhelming. He had toned legs, beautiful shapely buttocks, a muscled belly, and then her eyes focused on one particular point. His beautiful straight and thick prick stood erect like the candles stuck in the birthday cake I had back at the hotel. So his thick prick stood erect like the candles stuck in the birthday cake I had back at the hotel. I love how she's got to add in that like, oh, it was back at the hotel. Remember the, remember the cake I got a few chapters ago? Well, his dick looks like that. What an odd comparison. His dick stuck up like a candle and a cake. Now that's poetry. And she says, it was perfect. Not too long, but as thick as my wrist. Let me just do a spit take for a second. Thick as her wrist? Thick as a, thick as a wrist? Wrists can be pretty thick. Uh, thick as her wrist. I'm doing that thing where I'm putting my fingers around my wrist. I'm trying to measure my wrist right now. And holy dooly. <laughs> Oh, wow. Um, and she just must be staring because he's like, you want something or are you just watching? And she's just saying how her body's trembling, yearning to touch him. She's licking her lips, wondering how it would feel to have him in her mouth. (sighs) She can't take it any longer. So she turns him around and pushes him against the wall. And then she's licking his nipples and she's gripping his wrist sized cock. Like just giving a whole new definition to the term wristy. And she can feel him getting even harder. And he says, your expression tells me you're not thinking about what to pack for our trip. (laughs) And she doesn't know what to say to that. She says, I panicked and couldn't think of anything to say. The only thing I could think of was sucking his dick. (laughs) Oh my God. What a one track mind. So then he walks towards her and she's trying to maintain eye contact so she can stop staring at his dick. But unfortunately, that didn't last because he walks towards her and his erect phallus delicately touched her belly. 
So that backfired on her. That backfired. And she steps backwards, but he just keeps stepping forwards. So despite the shower being so big, <laughs> she knew there wasn't much space left behind her. So this is like our fourth mention of the shower being big. And then she says, when I reached the wall, the man in black pressed against me. And he's nude. He's not wearing black. You can call him Massimo. And he's all like, you want to touch it, huh? Come on, touch it. Touch it. And she's just stood there opening her mouth, but with no words coming out of it because she's just speechless because of his wrist-sized dick. And then she gives into temptation and she grabs his butt and sinks her nails into his skin and he growls with delight. And she spins him around and pushes him against the wall. And you think she's about to go reach for his dick, but no, she spins around again and she rushes out. She grabs her bathrobe, throws it over herself and runs through the door. And she says, I keep running down the corridor and I'm thinking, bitch, you're going to slip. You haven't towel dried. You didn't dry off at all. You just whipped bathrobe around your shoulders and now you're running on the tile and then you're running through the hallway. I think she's going to fall down. I think this is really irresponsible. And she's probably leaving a puddle all behind her, a trail of puddles, but she doesn't care. She doesn't care. And she she just keeps running. She runs out through to the marina and she jumps onto the motorboat that's waiting there with the keys in the ignition and just collapses on one of the couches on the boat. And she's just trying to get, get a breath back. But the only thing she could see in her head was Massimo's gorgeous erect cock. Because I could almost taste it in my mouth. (laughs) The keys are in the ignition. Just try and escape, please. Eventually, she decides to head back to her room. And when she gets in there, Domenico's there with these giant Louis Vuitton travel bags. And she says, where's Massimo? And then the young Italian raised his eyes and smiled. And he's like, yeah, probably in the library doing work. And she's like, oh, did he tell you to pack my things? And he's like, yeah, you're leaving in an hour. So I thought you could use some help, miss, unless you don't want me to. And she says, stop calling me, miss. I can't stand it. Besides, we're probably the same age. So let's skip the formalities. We're probably the same age. She's been calling him the young Italian for five chapters. Three lines earlier, she called him the young Italian. And and now she thinks, we're the same age. Don't call me, miss. (laughs) What a fucking hypocrite. And then Domenico smiled and nodded, signaling his consent. See, I just don't think anyone in this book knows what consent is. But now he's smiling and nodding, signaling his consent. So she's like, well, where are we going? And he says to Napoli, Rome and Venice and then the Cote d'Azur. And she's like, oh my God, I've never been to any of those places. I hadn't seen so many places in my whole life, exclamation mark. So she's trying to make out to us that she like hasn't traveled, but like, bitch, you were on holiday at the start of the book. You work in the hotel business and you've never been to so many places in your life. And then I'm thinking, so you go on holidays to Italy with with your boyfriend and your gal pals for your birthday weekend or whatever. And you don't go to Rome or Venice. You go straight to Sicily. What's that about? Like, like I've been to Italy like three times and you know where I went to each time? Rome, Venice, Pisa even, you know, the hot spots. No Kentucky stopping in Sicily. Why did they go to Sicily? I'm sure it's lovely. They've got nice nightclubs, apparently. But, but no, she's, she's not traveled very much, but I've been to Sicily. Like no one's been to Sicily. If you've been to Sicily, you've traveled. Like even the amazing race skips over Sicily and just sticks to Rome and Venice. 
and Milan. Oh, no, she's so not well-traveled. So not well-traveled. She's only been at this little, oh, fuck God. Oh, oh. And she's like, well, what am I going to be doing there? Like, so I know what to pack. And the young Italian, he says, oh, well, Massimo wants that to be a secret, but I'll help you pick the right outfits. Don't worry. Fashion is something of a hobby to me. Wink, wink. Gay. And she says, I'll trust you fully if that's the case. (laughs) No further questions. Oh, fashion's a hobby. I trust you. I trust you with my life, Domenico. Then she walks back into the bathroom, but it's filled with the scent of lust. So they didn't do a good job using body soap if it still smells of lust. And she's like, oh God, I can't do it. I'm too horny. So she goes back to Domenico and she says, hey, have my things from Warsaw arrived yet? And he's like, "Uh, yep. And he points towards like a heap of boxes. And she goes, all right, Domenico, can you leave me for a second? So he goes out and she starts rummaging through these boxes, searching for the only thing she needed right now, her pink three-pronged best friend. Now, immediately my radar's going up and I'm thinking, what's pink and three-pronged? And she says, after 15 minutes of frantic searching through dozens of boxes, she finally finds it. So she's been told, Domenico said, you're leaving in an hour for the airport. And she's like, yeah, 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 sure. I've got time to find my pink three-pronged best friend. And she spends a whole 15 of those minutes finding it. And I'm thinking, you're on the clock, sweetie. You're running out of time to rub one out, but she's determined. So she gets the pink toy. And at this point, I'm like, yeah, okay, it's a vibrator. It's a vibrator. And she lets out a soft moan in anticipation. And then she's like, I need to find the perfect place. I like to masturbate lying down. (laughs) Okay, hot take. Hot take. She likes to masturbate lying down. What a weirdo. God. She really is just like the 1% of people who only like to masturbate lying down. How kooky. And she says, I could never masturbate when in a rush. Like, like, what do you think you're in now? Of course you're in a rush. You've got 45 minutes until you have to be at the airport. But now she's like, well, I can't masturbate in the bedroom because Domenico's running around packing my clothes. So I'll just go into the bathroom and do it there because... Yeah, that's not weird that he's in the next room while you're rubbing one out, but okay. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. You should celebrate yourself every day. But some days, you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. So there's luckily a lounge in the bathroom. And she's like, all right, well, it might be all right. I've never sat in it yet, but I may as well lie down and bring my friend out to play. So she is yearning for orgasm. So she licks two fingers and slids them inside of her. And amazingly, she was still wet. So it was completely unnecessary. Also unnecessary for me to hear about it. Okay, Blanca. So then she says she switched the vibrator on and okay, she's acknowledging that it's a vibrator. We didn't need another little pithy statement describing the vibrator as her friend. She said it's a vibrator and she puts the middle. Oh God, no. Okay, I just read it as I was talking and, okay. Okay. I switched the vibrator on and slipped its middle prong into my pulsating snatch. Pulsating snatch. And as the thickest part slid deeper into her, a second protrusion, shaped like a bunny, entered her back door. And then the, oh God, it just keeps coming. And then, and then the third part of her rubber companion, her rubber companion vibrated the hardest, caressing her puffed up clitoris. And the first orgasm came after a couple of seconds. And then uh, another wave came. Oh no, more waves came in increments of half a minute at most. And then after a short while, she was so exhausted, she had difficulty pulling the pink vibrator out. Fucking hell. 30 minutes later, she was dressed and packed and looking at her reflection just like a new woman. (laughs) I hate this. So then she says to Domenico, once she's all dressed, she's like, all right, time for me to see Massimo. So Domenico takes her to the library. And so he's sitting on the couch wearing a light linen suit and an unbuttoned shirt. And next to him sat a man with graying hair, very handsome and older than Massimo. A typical Italian, she thinks. Don't know what that means, but she's typecasting him as Italian. Oh, wait, no, she says he's got longish hair combed back and a well-groomed goatee. I don't know if that screams Italian. So Massimo gets up to greet her and he says, a pity I had to cope without you. And she says, I've done the same. Like, I think they're talking about wanking. So he's saying I wanked and she's like, well, my little rubber companion helped me out too. And he stares at her full of passion and anger. So he's angry that her little three-pronged friend came out to play. So knowing him, he's probably going to destroy that little three-pronged friend because he's probably jealous of the rubber companion. And also I'm thinking, okay, so she's like, are all my things here from Warsaw? And yeah, so some poor bastard packed up all her stuff, including her sex toys. That's a grim thought, isn't it? What poor removalist got that gig? So Domenico's like, oh, this is Mario. He's my right hand. So Mario's like, how you doing, Bella? And he says, it's good to finally see you in the flesh alive. 
And she's immediately thinking like, oh, what, is he going to kill me or something? And Mario's like, no, 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 no. It's because I see your face in all the portraits painted around the house. And he says, for years, we didn't believe you were real, but you must be as astounded as we are. And she just shrugs. And like, what's it to her? Some guy had a vision of someone that looked like her, like big fucking whoop. I'd be more worried about the pressing situation of the kidnapping. So then she says, all right, well, I'm going to head to the car and you can enjoy my absence. And she sends them an ironic smirk and she slinks out and she can hear Mario and Massimo laughing. And, and Mario says, indeed, Massimo, it's just as if she were Italian. <laughs> what are all of these characteristics being pushed onto poor Italians? Blanca just hates an Italian. Any negative trait She's like, must be Italian, typical Italian. Can't believe you're not Italian. What? What Italian hurt Blanca? There's an Italian out there that hurt Blanca and has a lot to explain. Mm Mm-hmm. So she goes to the driveway and of course she has a little PTSD flashback of the dead man lying on that part of the driveway because you know it's a trigger for her. It's a trigger. She touched the killer's dick that morning, but no, seeing the spot where he shot that guy is just the big trigger. So she gets into the car and she squeals with glee because her iPhone and laptop are sitting on the back seat. So she turns on the phone and there's dozens of missed calls from her mum, but not any from Martin. And she's just like upset about that. And I'm thinking, well, clearly the man in black. Oh, look, here I am doing the blunker and calling him the man in black. Sorry, clearly Massimo has maybe deleted your call log of Martin trying to call you. Like, she's just like, well, Martin's not interested. That's that. She says it was weird and sad to discover that the man I had been with for more than a year cared so little about me. Bitch, he's probably dead. Did you ever think of that? He's probably dead. So she calls her mum and her mum's like, oh, darling, I've been crying my eyes out, dying of fear for you, goddammit. And she says, mum, everything's fine. And then her mum's like, oh, okay. Are you back from Sicily? How was your trip? And she's like, yeah, yeah, I'm back. But I've been offered a job in a really nice hotel on the island. So I'm going back to Italy. It seems overly complicated, but okay. She's saying that she's, she's back in Poland, but she's going back to Italy, but okay, whatever. She says that she's got a one year contract with the hotel. So she's, you know, super excited to get back to Sicily. And then she says, oh, but don't worry, I'll come and visit in a few days and I'll tell you everything. But, you know, I've just got a lot on my plate right now. And I'm thinking, maybe tell her that you've been kidnapped. Like, I know he threatened your family with, like, death and stuff, but you could maybe tip her off. Maybe just be like, mum, you're being watched. I've been kidnapped. Something's wrong. Don't trust any notes I've left for Martin. Speaking of Martin, maybe try and track down if he's still alive. If he's not, that might be a clue that I'm in trouble. But then her mum's like, what about Martin? And she goes, oh, he cheated on me during our trip. I left him. And her mum says, I told you he wasn't the guy for you, child. So her mum's a bitch. She's like, he cheated on me. I've left him. And her mum's like, told you so. Knew he was a bad egg from the jump. So then she's like, gotta go, mum. Bye. And then, and then her mum's like, all right, love you. Bye. No more explanation needed for the her being disappeared for five days. But yep, sure. So then Massimo gets into the car and he's like, oh, you've been talking to your mum, huh? And she's like, yep, uh, we have to go visit her in Poland. Hope that's all right. And he's like, well, yes, of course. I've already planned for it. It's the last stop on our trip. So their little trip is (laughs) 
Rome, Naples, Venice, and then a different country, Warsaw, then back to Italy. Like he was just doing a road trip of Italy, but uh, we can stop by Warsaw. And she says, thank you. I really appreciate this. He's taken away your free will and your freedom, but yep, he's given you a flight to Warsaw and you're like, oh, thank you so much. And he says, oh, I'm not so bad. I don't want to keep you here against your will. I don't want to threaten you. (laughs) Okay, kind of what you're doing though. So they're then just sitting in the back of the car on the way to the airport. And then she's like, I can't stand the silence. And then she's fidgeting in her seat because the aircon's too cold and she's got like goosebumps. And then Massimo glances at her and he says, why aren't you wearing a fucking bra? And like, whoa, where did that come from? And she's like, obviously recoiling. And he goes, I can see your nipples. And she glances down and realizes that he was right. They were visible through the delicate fabric. And then she like pulls one of the straps down from her shoulder and she's like, look, I am wearing a beige bra. And she said, it's not my fault that all the underwear I own now is made of lace. She goes, I didn't have a single padded bra, so excuse me, but I'll just have to keep drawing everyone's attention. I didn't pick any of those things. So she's really like, hey, you made your bed, now lie in it. And he's like, oh, you got a point. (laughs) But then he starts just like really really staring down at her tits and like pulling her shirt down even lower. But she's like, nope, I'm not going to cave in. After my morning meeting with my pink friend, I feel in control. So then he's like, thumb is straddling her bra strap and he's like, are you cold? And she says, I hate flying, which is just not an answer to the question. He's like, I never mentioned anything about flying, but okay. And then he's like full grip in her breasts. Uh, okay. And then playing with her nipples. Uh, and with his free hand, he snatched her by the neck. Uh, and then he, oh, and then he's ooh, gently biting on her nipples through the fabric of the lace bra. And he says, this is mine. And she lets out a quiet moan. So she's like, yeah, own me. I'm your property. And so he just goes to town on her nipples and she thinks, ah, oh, damn it. Everything inside me was pulsating. My morning masturbation had been for nothing. I was still horny. So then she's like, harder, bite me harder. Which again, I feel like is coming out of nowhere. She needs to take that vibrator back because it didn't do the job. Well, no, you can't return a vibrator, but she needs to yeah, demote her little pink friend to maybe being a pink acquaintance because it really let her down. So then he's biting into her breasts, not just her nipples, like, It says he's biting into her breasts and she feels a wave of lust overcoming her. So she's, I don't know, like panting and says to him, don't start something you can't finish. She says, oh God, guys, she's all in. She's all in. She says, I'll be so wet in a moment. I'll need a new outfit. And because she said that, he's drilling holes in her with his wild gaze. And she knew he was fighting an internal battle. And then he says, the second part of your statement was entirely unnecessary. And all she said was, I'll be so wet in a moment, I'll need a new outfit. So, why, why is that what he's taking umbrage with? But no, he's, he says, that's unnecessary. And he goes back to his seat. <laughs> so then she's staring at his pants, just looking at the bulge. And she's like, yep, I know what the beautiful erection looks like. So she's imagining it now. Uh, okay. So then she puts a top back on and he reaches into the glove compartment and takes out a black paper bag. Now they're both in the back seat with the partition up with the driver at the front. So I don't know where the glove box is. 
Must be a backseat glove box, but he reaches into the backseat glove box and he pulls out a bag and he's like, I've got something for you. And it's a fancy watch. And she's like, Massimo, I can't accept that. And he laughs and he's like, this is one of the cheaper gifts I'm going to give you. So yeah, he gives her a watch and he's like, I know you've been pretty isolated for the last few days, but you know, you're going to have a fun time. And I know I've taken much from you, but you'll start getting it all back now. And then he puts the watch on her wrist and that's the end of the chapter. And you can just tell she's like, oh my God, another consumerist gift. I love it. She is just so ridiculous. So ridiculous. And I feel like they're going to bang soon. It's certainly getting that way, isn't it? Oh, wow. My only hope for the next chapter is that we don't hear the word snatch. If there's less snatch and less pink pronged friends, I'll be happy. So I'll see you then. Bye. Send your burning thoughts, frustrations, and grievances on this latest chapter of this shitty book to breakingdownpod at gmail.com or on Twitter at podbreakingdown and Instagram at breakingdownbadbooks. You can visit www.breakingdownbadbooks.com for all the listen links, contact information, merch, and more. To support the show on Patreon and gain access to exclusive ad-free bonus episodes, visit patreon.com slash breakingdownbadbooks. Ratings and reviews on your preferred podcast platform are also a fun, free way to support the show. Breaking Down Bad Books is hosted by me, Nathan Brown, who you can follow on Instagram and Twitter at NathanBrown90. Thanks for listening and happy reading. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.